0: Hello and welcome to a big collaboration between the Busby Babe and We Ain't Got No History. My name's Jimmy Funnell. I'm the host of We Ain't Got No Podcast. We Ain't Got No History's official Chelsea podcast. And um, I'm joined by my fellow co-host or co-hosts. I think Brent was saying he's the, the honorary guest. So let's keep it with uh, fellow co-hosts, Colin.
1: Hi, uh, Colin here uh from the busby babes the busby babe podcast and uh we are joined by our fearless leader brent maxson
2: <laughs> hi special guest on two podcasts at once lucky me <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that will help with ganging up against chelsea fan as ram can't join us today uh he's still aiming to be a rock star um Good luck to him for with that. If his scouting career doesn't work out, then there's always that. Um, but we'll nevertheless be talking about enough with just three of us. Um, we've got a big game coming out uh, upright. I mean, there's Monday, weird day. Um, Chelsea versus Man United, not necessarily from a Chelsea perspective, the kind of uh, fixture we wanted this season um, or have loved. So I can say... I've been more ecstatic about fixtures, despite both of us not being too good recently. Um, How's it with you guys?
1: Uh, Well, I would say that I would be a bit excited because, of course, the first two went so well for us this season, as you're alluding to. But um, we're kind of without our secret weapon uh, going into this one, because Marcus Rashford was a pretty big part of those first two wins over Chelsea. Um, He single-handedly carried us in the Carabao Cup one. And uh, he'll be out for an extended time. And we've been pretty bad without him. So, uh, not looking forward to it too much, but hopefully some warm weather training uh, got the team a bit more prepared.
0: I've got to ask, what about Igarlo? Is is he actually fit? Because this is something that I've been burning to ask you, really. (laughs) 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 The news was kind of weird yesterday. Uh, What's the news on him? Because that's like... (laughs) bit weird to hear that or read that.
1: Yeah, Brent, you want to take the lead on this one?
2: So the, so he did not join the warm weather training camp in Spain um, because of fears that uh, the coronavirus uh, travel restrictions uh, could be increased by the time the team was returning to the UK. So he trained on his own uh, in Manchester, but also away from Carrington. I believe because they kept him in, you know, some kind of weird quarantine, um, <clears throat> uh, just in case. Uh, but he will join the team, uh, this weekend. Uh, and Solskjaer confirmed today that he will join up, um, and that he may be involved, but not necessarily that he will play. But I expect he'll at least be on the bench.
0: Oh, well, I mean, that already means that you've got one healthy striker, our main striker, Tammy Abraham, who we've been speaking before recording, Brent, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) reminiscing of um, predictions from our last uh, podcast together collaboration where, of course, Ram and I weren't necessarily in a good mood there after field 4-0 thrashing, but... um, the general consensus was ooh, Tammy Abram, he won't probably make it, Uh won't be scoring too many goals. He's pretty much proved us all wrong. From a Chelsea perspective, I have to confess, or as a Chelsea fan, I didn't see that coming either.
1: So <laughs> I can't really uh, uh, give you a hard time for that. Yeah, he's definitely started taking advantage of the chances he's been given, I think. In that first game against United, I remember him. I think he hit the post a couple times. He probably should have scored. Mm. But he's always looked like the make like a really good striker in the making. He has all the right attributes. He's got pretty good positioning, and he hits the ball really well. And uh, as a England national team fan, it's nice to see him develop, I guess. So, but uh, as a Manchester United fan, it is a bit worrying. <laughs>
0: Well, he hasn't been scoring that much recently, as Brent reminded me. So, uh, lovely of him to do so beforehand. Uh, it hasn't been too uh, good for him uh, in recent games. Um, it's kind of a, a theme we've been sharing, we've had in common the past few weeks, that things just aren't going according to plan. And Tammy Abraham had to play through injury in our last game. Um Talking of injuries, and as you mentioned, Marcus Rashford he also be not there. So we might actually see uh, because Tammy Abraham is still injured the battle of the backup strikers. Never know, <laughs> that'd be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that like their time to shine.
1: Uh, Anthony Martial playing a bit like a backup striker at the moment. So uh, uh, oof. Sure. sorry, <laughs> Brandon. Did, did that one hurt?
2: <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong.
1: No. And to be fair a- I, I don't think it's entirely his fault but it, there's just such a lack of quality service at the moment and with Marcus Rashford out we've really seen that in the attacking lineup, whoever's in the front three or the, even the front two as Ollie has tried a couple of times there's just not a lot of creative workforce going on at the moment uh, I guess the hope is that Bruno Fernandez can fill that hole though
0: Ooh, a new signing. Uh finally Chelsea fans we can also <laughs> have a say in that. Um yeah, I mean I'm sure you you're all excited. I think Bruno Fernandes is a very good signing, but uh I have to pose the question. Ziyech or Zaichek, I still can't pronounce his name, sorry. Uh or Fernandes. You want to go first. What, what what do you guys think?
2: <laughs> uh You know, um, I would say for our needs, uh, we would have been crying out much more for a player like Fernandez, assuming he turns out to be any good. I mean, I think Zayac has has proven more, uh, especially having uh, played in the Champions League, Um, uh, maybe been more productive um, on some of the biggest. Stages, uh, but, um, you know, we would cry out so desperately for a creative presence in the middle, um, that, you know, Fernandez probably fits the profile better the type of player we needed right now. Not that I wouldn't also want Zayac, obviously, yeah. um, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers and, uh, <laughs> given the state of our 3 team squad, in January, faith uh, to see United woo we'll beggars. So,
0: <laughs> what were we supposed to say? You know, we didn't get anyone. I mean, we did now. But <laughs> <True>. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> that was, like, I don't know about you guys. I mean, you did get Fernandes. But last day of the transfer window for us was uh, kind of apocalyptic. Um, when the message broke at, I think it was midday about that, yeah, 95% chance that Chelsea isn't signing anyone today. Chelsea Twitter went into meltdown. Uh, must confess, I wasn't necessarily happy hearing that because I always treat, uh, uh deadline day as kind of a bank holiday. So, um, yeah, that, that, that was kind of
2: yeah. why, I mean, I'm, a, I'm like, assuming you, you spent the cost of a loan fee on uh, legal fees to appeal the decision to get your transfer man lifted. And then don't sign anyone, but announce the signing two weeks after the close of the window. It's an interesting approach.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have to quote something where I don't know if you know Alex Goldberg quite well-known on Twitter, or at least in Chelsea Twitter. Um, he had a quite a good perception in that regard, that basically Chelsea, uh, although Chelsea fans are saying, why did we even appeal? We just wanted to keep ourselves the option open. Um, the tent yeah. was made to get Zicek already in uh, Jan- uh, January, Yeah, in January, but Ajax didn't want to sell. They wanted to keep him, and I can't really blame them. Uh, got a few things to play for. Um, Chelsea, I don't know... It, it's so a weird, I think Manchester United fans will know this, that it's been very difficult to buy genuine quality without it turning into this second-rate uh panic buy where you end up selling him the other oh, one season uh, later and... I think that the Chelsea ball was far more prudent this uh, January. I would have liked to have seen a uh, signing because it just lifts the team and we could have needed that at the time. But it didn't happen. Maybe it's all being kept for the summer. I could see that with Manchester United as well. I mean, Bruno Fernandes is a great signing, if you ask me. Um, Both pretty good numbers. So I'm actually quite dreading playing against him on Monday, I've got to say. I mean, how was he in
1: his first game for you guys? Um, to me, he looked probably the most active midfielder, and a game where we're—I mean, we've played Wolves so many times the past two seasons, and mm. their midfield has almost always overwhelmed us, and that was sort of the case again. Um, he, I think Ollie tried to do a little bit of a diamond midfield, and it didn't really work out. But Bruno was definitely the most forward of the midfielders and he was the most forward thinking as well. So, um, he had a couple exciting flashes, but, uh, no big moments just yet.
2: Right, so, yeah. I thought he w- he looked, um, promising. Um, it was definitely good to have another, you know, proper footballer in the team. Um, given that it should be something that we take for granted in a club of our size and ambition, but definitely hasn't always been the case. Um, in the first half, he played in a more advanced role. and You can see some of the link-up player was there, the intelligent movement, uh, the passing, even if he was playing a bit within himself. Uh, in the second half, uh, chasing the game a bit, uh, Solskjaer dropped him into a deeper midfield role and that isolated him from you know, any... Any other players that he was able to link up with, and, and he sort of lost his influence from there. Um, but yeah, you can see that there is, you know, a good player in there. Uh, whether he's as good as his numbers in Portugal suggest, um, or as good as we need right now, is another story. Um, but he'll definitely be a big, big help for the rest of the season.
0: Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's also the kind of impact that, or oh, at least promised impact that Chelsea fans would have liked when Hakim Zayic would have already joined. I mean, uh, I think it's too early to really make a ver- uh, make a verdict on who would be better. I mean, it's just it was just in fun anyway, but um, from a Chelsea perspective, we, I think when we play against you on for, uh, Monday, we could have really needed someone of Zayic's ilk um, that cutting in from the right side, for example, hasn't been here since the days of Iron Robin. Um, we haven't had a left-footed winger for ages. I don't know if Martial's left-footed, but uh, I- I'm not. I don't. I'm not sure if you guys have a left-footed winger. No. Um, but we don't.
1: <laughs> it seems to me like there's just been a pretty big shortage of right wingers in general, other than. Aryan Robin, and, I guess, Gareth Bale in Europe in terms of, like, mm. top-quality right midfielders.
2: Uh, please have some respect for noted speedsters Juan Mata and Nemanja Matic. <laughs>
1: uh. Oh, yeah. Never, never heard of them. <laughs> and and if, if we're playing equal playing field, uh, Fernando Torres mm. was a decent right winger, too, wasn't
0: he? <laughs> well... To be fair, in that Champions League uh, semi-final against Barcelona, he was paying more or less on the wing uh, in the end, you know, in the final stages, and that's where he lost the ball so that he could then score two minutes <laughs> later. So I'm not yeah. complaining. So it's all got its ups
1: and I guess. It was a tactical concession so he could go back and gather it at the middle of the field where he's more comfortable. Oh, God, yeah. yes. Yes, that, that's what
0: I keep telling myself at least. Uh,
1: <laughs> but, um...
0: I think we can't go in this episode without mentioning that we've both been defensively not le- necessarily sound <laughs> this season. Um For Chelsea it's been kind of you get a free uh uh set piece against us from a good range, good angle. Chances are you're gonna score. Um I don't know how that's been for Man United, given the
2: results.
1: Yeah, we don't talk, imagine that we don't talk about set pieces, uh Defending or attacking. Um,
2: Yeah. And we, meaning the fans, and apparently also the coaching staff and players, uh, (laughs) based on the results this season. Yeah, Um, We don't make much of them in an attacking sense, other than direct attempts, which uh, you would remember quite clearly from our League Cup match. Yeah. but if it's a corner on uh, not direct free kick, nothing is going to come from it. Um, and if we concede a corner or a free kick, I don't know, there's probably a one in three chance we'll give up a goal.
0: Really? Well, then you're a luck because we don't really... I mean, to be fair, Antonio Rudiger scored two in his last game, so I'm not going to be too, uh, too much complaining about that. But before that, it's been ages since Chelsea's really been... Uh, prolific in front of goal when it comes to corners or free kicks, um except if someone like Marcus Alonso um curled it directly into the into the net. So I think it'll be interesting to see who can be less efficient in front of goal or less defensively sound in front of their own. So (laughs) uh I I can see a lot of entertaining potential there.
1: Yeah, I've I've got this weird feeling that this may end up just being a nil-nil game, but you know the calamity at the back for both teams this season yeah, also leads me to think it could be a three-three game. I, I have no idea.
0: I can't remember our predictions from last time, but I believe that we were talking about a draw back then as well. So I'll be more careful this time because 4 <laughs> 0 that really stuck <laughs> I I. I don't think we're going to have that again because Frank Lampard has established himself more with the team. Oleksandr um, Solskjaer um, has done whatever he's done. So, uh, <laughs> has he done any? <laughs> and, you tell me.
1: And uh, you tell me. To be fair, also uh, we had a very important midfielder named uh, Paul Pogba on that day, and a mostly fully healthy starting eleven that included Marcus Rashford as well.
0: Good point. What what's the deal with Paul Pogba? Um, I heard they he wants to leave now. Could that be? I mean, he's not playing on Monday, right?
2: No. <laughs> no, no, no. He uh, so he was not in the um, Trian camp in Spain either. He is continuing his rehab individually. Um, his original injury turned out to be worse than originally expected. Um, so he's been he had surgery, he's now in recovery from surgery, uh, yeah. but he's still some ways away. Latest reports say that, you know, everyone expects that he will lead this summer. Um, and I think also based on some of the manager's comments over the course of the season, um, I don't think Solskjaer is necessarily counting on Pogba past this season. Um, you know, with Maguire being given the captain's armband and Pogba not really being talked about as part of the leadership group, even though he is still uh, probably the most influential figure in the dressing room. Um, and yeah, I think at this point it's a case of accepting that, um, look, we promised him that he would be at the center of a rebuild. Um, and then three years later, <laughs> we're now talking about another rebuild that was, um, but that is definitely different from the last rebuild. Um, so you know, it hasn't really uh, hasn't really worked out. Of course, he hasn't lived up to expectations, but he's also had to play with some fairly really bad players. Um, so yeah, I don't expect that he'll be here past uh, past the end of this season. But he will play before the end of the season, though. You know, with uh, the Euros coming up. Um, Oh yeah. He's he's always been professional anyway, so I don't think his professionalism has ever been called into been called into question.
1: Um, Not by us. So he'll play.
2: He'll be right. (laughs) Not by us. Uh, But he'll play. You know, he'll be back in the team. uh, But he won't be anywhere near ready for Monday, and neither will, as confirmed today, neither will uh, McTominay. Even though McTominay is now back in in training.
0: Okay. Yeah, but Tomine, uh I remember he didn't perform too badly against us either, especially in the league cup. Or am I mixing things up there? I think he played quite well.
1: Yeah, yeah he I think was from yeah. like October to early December he was probably our best player. He was definitely our best midfielder. Um and we've been suffering without him as well as without Pogba. With uh mm. Fred, who's actually been playing pretty well, but still not worth the fifty million pounds we paid for him and Andreas Pereira, who probably finds the other team more than he finds his own teammates when he passes the ball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, um, I, I can understand that, because the, the sloppiness in possession has also been a trait uh, or feat of Chelsea's game recently. I mean, we have a lot of youth, of course, in our team, uh, with the likes of Mason Mount, um, uh, Fikayo Tomori, who hasn't been playing too much recently either um, Lampard's been more on the uh, experience train recently so I wouldn't be surprised if he were to go with a quite experienced veteran team on Monday um, we've had the two weeks one good thing about the last few weeks has been however that uh, we've got this uh, player called Reese James who will destroy anyone in front of him I don't know who's on your left side, but be be afraid <laughs> if I'm allowed to be so cocky because he's the real deal. I don't know if you've uh, seen him play or, uh, watched games of his, but wow, you're in for a real treat there. Um, I don't know who your left defender is at the moment, but he'll whip those crosses in no matter what.
1: Yeah, I have seen, uh, Rhys James a couple of times, so I'm really hoping that Luke Shaw is not, uh, the starting left back on Monday. Uh, Brandon Williams has had a, a little bit of a breakout at left back. Um, mm. He's, I think, our best option at the position now with Luke Shaw sort of slow to recover from injury, though he has had a couple decent performances here and there. Um, but yeah, hopefully uh, Brandon Williams is another player that can come good.
0: I, I actually could see Lampard going with Olivier Giroud. Uh, I know he hasn't been really playing. Um, I think it was even linked to Manchester United for, a, for a second yeah. during January. <laughs> but, uh, if those crosses come in and you say that your defense isn't as steady as you'd like it to be, then maybe that will be a combination or, a proficient way to actually score and maybe get all the three points. Well, actually, we're already at home, so keep them at Stanford Bridge. Um, We'll have to wait and see about that. Um, I'm actually also intrigued to hear about that midfield battle because, of course, Bruno Fernandes being in there now. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is soon coming back. Uh, we've got, of course, Mateo Kovacic, who uh, I can remember me being not very... I wasn't highly speaking of him the last time we spoke, uh, but I must retract everything I said. He's been absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> Yeah, I've been saying that quite often this season, so bear with me. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm actually really looking forward to see that midfield battle. I think that could be the decisive factor in this game, where both sides might be careful.
2: Well, you know, um, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm looking forward to it as much. Um, but midfield is the one ear of the pitch where... We, United, don't have many options. Um, uh, I wouldn't expect any aces to be pulled out of any sleeves because every fit senior midfielder will be on the pitch from the start because we only have three of them, including the one we just signed a couple of weeks ago. Um, so Fred, uh, Nemanja Matic at the base of midfield and probably Bruno Fernandez ahead of them would be would be my guess. Um, so you're going to have a trio that's, you know, <laughs> hasn't, hasn't played much together other than, um, in training. Um, Matic, you know, maybe after, you know, being suspended for the last match and, um, you know, after two weeks off, might be more mobile than usual, <laughs> but who knows? Um, for the most part, he's still as, as much as the ability is still there and he's still a classy player. I mean, he runs like he's in wet concrete. So, um, who knows? Uh, Fred, like Colin mentioned has come good recently. He, you know, actually plays usually as the deepest of the midfielders, uh, not as good for what we were promised. Um, but he's definitely come, uh, a long way, you know. He keeps uh, he, he's good at winning possession back and recycling possession. Uh, really energetic, um, but you know, up against uh, Chelsea's midfield, Kovacic, Conte, uh, wouldn't say I I, uh, I feel confident uh, about winning that midfield battle. If anything, I expect something similar to the first league game. Um, uh, where we bypass midfield and, and try to punish Chelsea uh, on the break, like we did at the beginning of the season.
0: Mm. I, I just have to add, uh, Jorginho, sorry. I, I, I just think you have to add him
2: because he's. Yeah, yeah, of, and Jorginho, yeah. <laughs>
0: he's one of those players who can make a huge difference. We actually, I feel play worse without him. So kind of like at the moment, uh, Man United <laughs> without Rashford. Yeah. So. That 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 be interesting battle. I mean, Fred is he really is he really not that fifty million? I mean, I have watched barely a game of his, but uh, I mean, we had Bakayoko, who uh, of course wasn't really worth it, and he got sent back immediately after one season. No, nope. well, not quite one season. Um, I think it was one and a half, but uh. If, if Fred hasn't really lived up to his expectations, uh, why aren't you doing the Chelsea, or going down that Chelsea route and just simply loaning him out or selling him?
2: Well, I would say that um, he, so his first season was mostly a write-off, but he has uh, come into his own a lot this season. Um, so when we say he hasn't lived up to expectations, I mean, if if United had the kind of midfield that we should have had, you know, for a club that considers itself the biggest in the world and wants to challenge for leagues and champions leagues. Uh, Fred would be, you know, at his best would be a really useful squad player, a good option for big games. Um, you know, if we wanted to pack the midfield or play a different style. Um, but yeah, we can't loan him out or sell him because we don't have any other f- senior midfielders. Never mind fit senior midfielders. Um even with a fit uh, Pogba and McTominay, uh, you still need Fred in this squad. I think our promising young central midfielders, uh Dylan Levitt, James Garner, uh, mm. I think I think combined they're thirty five, so um or thirty six. So they're not quite ready yet. I mean uh, James Garner is a really talented player, uh, but I think the fact that he has not been uh, given a lot of playing time, even though he's had an injury as well this season, um, it probably s- points to the fact that he's the manager and the coaching staff doesn't think that he's physically ready yet. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we can't get rid of Fred, uh, one, because he's actually improved, and two, well, we need to play someone. So, and, and he's been better than Matic, to be perfectly honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's been pretty easy for the last, for the last several weeks. He may even be the most valuable player in the first 11 because he's now the least replaceable.
0: Should told you player. that with Matic already when we sold him to you. Just sorry to, I had to say that because yeah. <laughs> it was already in serious decline when we sold him. Uh, I I like Matic but it has limitations. Yeah, good lord. And I, I'm um, so, I'm sorry but have you just noticed the newest news Man City's been banned from Europe
1: yeah. for 2 years. <laughs> I was about to say that actually. The #Pep Guardiola out or, <laughs> or Pep Guardiola in for Manchester United maybe. No. We we don't spend the money that he needs. He said Whoa! Yeah,
0: that's that's pretty big news. That heats up. I mean, you'd think that that means that whoever's in fifth place will also get a Champions League spot. Then.
1: Oh, the race is on. Mm.
0: That means yeah, Man United actually has a chance of getting in the Champions League.
1: Yeah, if we can top uh, <laughs> Premier League upstarts Sheffield United and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, uh,
2: just need we <laughs> need to climb three spots to get to fifth.
1: Um, that's actually, this is funny. That's that's pretty bad news if, for us. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: If Dean Henderson qualifies for the Champions League with Sheffield United and, <laughs> and Manchester United don't, does he get his Champions League qualification bonus? That's probably in his contract.
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't even want to consider wow. that scenario, Brent. <laughs> <so>. <laughs>
2: We can't get our youth goalkeeper back from loan because he wants to play Champions League football. This is this is a thing that's not within the realm of possibility.
1: I mean, what what would it cost to cancel his loan deal? Because it might be worth it to try and dip Sheffield <laughs> Mid, United's <mid-season>. form.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I'm sure they'd love that. Chris Wilder be, be wild about that. Um, he's been actually pretty good. Chelsea's been. That actually i mean i mean i know we're zigzagging around to quite a few topics here but uh before we get back to that whole champions league thing chelsea's been often linked to dean henderson recently because uh man uh, frank lampard is apparently not happy with caparea Belaga for whatever whatever reasons um what do you think would man united sell to chelsea one of their prized assets from Youth level, who is doing really well for Sheffield United at the moment.
1: Um, since oh. since it would be a dumb thing to do, I could see Ed Woodward <laughs> doing it, but I think that he would probably demand a lot of money from Chelsea. That uh, goalkeepers are pretty expensive nowadays anyway. But um, I, tell us I, about I, it. Yeah, I think uh, Ed Woodward may demand a price that would force Chelsea to look abroad rather than uh, try to up their offer for Dean Henderson.
0: What, what what kind of a player is he? I mean, you no know, goalkeeper, but still, you know, what, what have you been watching his process uh, or progress uh, closely?
1: Um, I watched Sheffield United last week, but I don't actually remember a whole lot about Dean Henderson's performance. I've, all most of what I've what I know about him is from what I've heard, and it sounds like he's developing at a very quick pace, probably faster than United thought when they've loaned him out the past couple of years.
2: Yeah, I would say his he is um, <clears throat> sort of a, you know, there are different paths that that youth players take to the first team. And in his case, um, it, if you look at, at sort of like a slow progress to the first team, like a, a Jesse Lingard, for example, Dean Henderson is maybe maybe an ideal case of that because he went on loan uh from league one um after impressing in the academy and in the reserves of course then he went on loan in the championship and then won promotion in the championship and now he's on loan again playing Premier League football. Uh so he's made his way up through the leagues. Um, you know, so he would have been used to men's football, senior football, uh for a few seasons now. Um You know, because he's been on loan at smaller clubs, uh, you know, he's used to dealing with some adversity uh, that maybe youth players who come straight from the United Academy into the United First team um, don't get to experience. Um, And also, of course, he's just uh, good (laughs) to the point that he is... Now, good enough for United. I mean, there are lots of players who uh, come through United Academy and they they turn out to be good pros and they have good long careers, but you know, not good enough to uh, challenge for a a first team place. You know, there are people right now that say, if you look at the uh, evidence uh, over the course of the season, he's maybe United's best keeper in this moment. Now, of course. David here has been United's only world class player for, you know, half of the last decade. So just because he's been below his best for the last year to 18 months, uh, doesn't mean that we should ship him out and bring in Sheffield United's keeper. Um, but I think Henderson probably feels that he, um, is good enough to start. He has, probably has no interest on, uh, being the Gea's backup, even if United were to sell Sergio Romero. Um, and yeah, full season of senior football, especially if he gets a England call up this summer, which he, he very well might. Um, you know, he may want either at least a U- new United contract or he might be open to, um, to offers. He's, uh, strong in the air. He has a commanding presence of his box. He's quick um distribution wise um actually not sure how good he is uh because uh it hasn't been put to use as much uh, playing at um Sheffield United uh, how you know how good he is with the ball at, at his feet uh but he is a pretty good um is a pretty good good player uh not necessarily good enough to displace the hair but Good enough to be in the conversation, at least.
1: I think it's also Mm. worth mentioning that uh, De Gea was just given a fat new contract. So Mm. it's uh, unlikely that he would be unseated for a couple of reasons. Even if we tried to ship him out, it would be... I think he's the highest paid goalkeeper in the world now. So I'm not sure Real Madrid are in a situation where they would come calling again. And they're probably the only club that could afford his wages now. Yep. Well, to be fair, they've got uh,
0: Thibaut Courtois now, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Right, and he's so, finally, yeah. you know, he's settled. Yeah, um, in that team and has been playing well of late too.
0: <laughs> of late, yeah, emphasis on of late because he wasn't always that good. Yes. Um, he, he, he does was, have the
2: smoothest stuff.
0: No, we we enjoy that to be fair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, exactly. So you wouldn't expect. Uh, here, sorry, uh, to, um, to join there. I mean, yeah, that that means if Chelsea were to really look for a new goalkeeper in the summer, which I don't hope, then Dean Henderson, you ever, never know. Um, we, we've been selling quite a few people to you. I mean, you've got Juan Mata, you've got uh, Nemanja Matic. So maybe this should be kind of a mutual <laughs> thing that we should
1: get going here, not just one side as it has been. We'll do a swap deal, uh, Dean Henderson for N'Golo Kante.
2: <laughs>
1: well,
0: I'll tell you what, um, there are increasing, there's an increasing amount of Chelsea fans who are contemplating selling him this summer because he hasn't been that good in Lampard's system, which I think is ridiculous uh, thing about our only world-class player selling him, um, but you never know. Um, if his sale would facilitate, you know, I'm sure it would command about 150 million or something like that. So, if his move would facilitate us improving exceptionally well in other departments, maybe we'd sell him. Not for Dean Henderson, but who <laughs> else you got? We'll give you the Matic.
2: <laughs> One matter. Been there, uh, done that. <laughs>
0: Well, I always liked Marshall. I'll be completely honest. I've been a huge fan of Anthony Marshall. Um, there was kind of that one summer where it could, yeah. Wasn't uh, there a discussion that yeah, Mourinho William? wanted
1: to swap him for? Yeah, William, yeah. yeah. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, that, that was third season Mourinho.
0: Um. Yeah. Oh, meltdown! Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, this hasn't got anything to do with Chelsea and Man United, but. I'd like to know, as a Man United uh, or as Man United fan, sorry, what you made of his impact at Tottenham. Because I've actually thoroughly enjoyed him being mediocre. (laughs) He he has tainted his legacy. He'll always be our most successful coach until someone emulates what he's done, and I'll always be grateful for that. But I mean, Spurs, really? I even understood Man United because they've got an appeal, an international appeal, one of the biggest clubs in the world. But Spurs seems very desperate.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a good word word for it. Cause, uh Mourinho's in a weird situation now where he's failed twice, arguably three times in a row. I, I mean, he won. La Liga with a record number of points and he won the Copa del Rey, but he never could get that Champions League with Real Madrid, so maybe that would be considered a failure. But as just a football fan, I've always enjoyed Jose Mourinho being somewhere else. Um, Having him as the manager of the club I support was a bit (laughs) bit strenuous at times, so uh, I guess it's a bit of the best of both worlds now that you know Mourinho's back in football, he's entertaining me again, and uh, he's managing a team that's, you know, a direct rival for a Champions League qualification spot with us. And they're struggling a bit, although they have had a few comeback wins. And as uh, one of our writers, Polly, pointed out in our Slack today, uh, Mourinho's got a pretty good uh, record coming off of haircuts. So uh, I think the last one was (laughs) uh, eight wins out of ten or something in a row after a haircut. So uh, we'll see how that goes.
0: Oh, fresh trims. Yeah, that's very important nowadays. Um, superstition is an interesting thing, interesting phenomenon. So you never know. Um, but I wish him not the best. I'll be completely honest because Spurs are always a contender for top four. I feel, I'm sure you'll feel likewise there. So any failure of his will be great. Um, to be quite honest. So yeah, um, before I think uh, before we come to the this end segment now, maybe we should talk about predicted lineups. Maybe next for the for the for Monday and um, predictions, just general predictions.
1: Yeah, um, I think let's see. Wolves was our last game. Uh, yeah, the way we lined up there. Hmm. I mean, I hope that Andres Pereira doesn't start again, but (laughs) it seems likely, given the current squad restrictions. And Solskjaer confirmed today that Odio is not going to start. So I would expect um, maybe a front three of Marcial, Daniel James, and Mason Greenwood on the right. Um, Probably a midfield of Fred, Pereira, and Fernandez. Um, Maguire and Lindelof back or center backs. uh on the right and Brandon Williams left back and De Gea goalkeeper.
2: What do you say, yeah, Brad? I, I, I would say um, same lineup as Colin. Um, James on the right who has cooled off after his impressive start. I mean, he's just been overplayed. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, you know, with a little more uh freshness after the break. Uh, he'll round back into some form. Uh so Dan James, Martial, um Mason Greenwood. Um midfield, uh I will expect it'll be Matic and Fred um and then Bruno Fernandez ahead of them. And same back four Williams, Lindelof, Maguire, Juan Bissaka um Dehey and goal. And I, I, you know, in terms of tactics, who knows what they've been working on over the last week. Um, but I would expect um, closer to the tactics in, in the first match uh, rather than the um, League Cup uh, fixture at uh, Stamford Bridge.
1: Now that you've said that, Brent, I actually do think Matic would be a better option over, over Pereira. Um, yeah. I think he, he's kind of given us a little bit of stability in possession, which is something that we've struggled with. You know, actually having the ball in midfield, which is not ideal, but I guess that's one part of his game that his experience can shine through uh, over his physical limitations.
2: Right. And, and then you never know how Chelsea line up. He could also just be a huge liability because of his lack of working legs so fingers crossed <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, I mean i, I couldn't speak for myself here but uh, it'd be highly entertaining to see the matage of new than the matage of old so um yeah i, I mean interesting choices i think it's quite unimaginable that also the lineup that i'm going to say now which i predict would have been the case five years ago, let's say, for both of us. I mean, Man United has always been a club that has been far more into that youth development niche than, than Chelsea. Not gonna, uh, say anything against that. But, um, still, you know, you just talk about Mason Greenwood and, and so on. And of course, Chelsea is one of those clubs that have also been using a lot of that youth this season. And, um, you were mentioning that uh, Daniel James has been quite burnt out recently. I think it's the same for uh, Mason Mount for us um, of late because I think he's a great player. He's been horribly, horribly abused on social media. It's, it's really unprecedented of a player uh, from our own ranks who's really a Chelsea lad. So, that, that's been terrible. And, um, maybe this break did also do him the world of good. Who knows? I, uh, I really do wish it that all the best in that front. So <sighs> it's not sure whether Caparras Balaga Belaga will start. Frank Lambert dropped him in the last game for Willie Caballero. So I do think he will return. Um, right back, Reese James, obviously. Uh, good luck with that. Um, center back pairing, uh, <laughs> no, sorry, just kidding. Um centre back pairing always difficult to say with lampards. You know, it generally he's made quite a few rotational choices. Uh centre back is I think he still doesn't know who his preferred centre back pairing is still now in January. Ah, sorry, February. So um your guess is as good as mine, but for the sake of predicting this, um I'd say Antonio Rudig and Andreas Christensen um left back Cesar's Pellicueta not a natural left back but he's been doing a job there midfield um Mateo Kovacic has been the one to sit out although N'Golo Kante hasn't necessarily been shining so Jorginho N'Golo Kante and uh, Mason Mount I believe is going to be um Loftus-Cheek not yet back unfortunately um and up front it's going to be Callum Hudson-Odoi and um William on the wings and Tammy Abraham to pay through the pain um down the middle. Uh, unfortunately, Christian Pulisic, who's been really, really good before he got injured, uh, also wasn't able to quite make it before the uh, for this game. Um, yeah, so we both have quite a few injuries to deal with. Hmm. Yes. Um. Okay. Well, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, have you guys got anything
2: you'd like to add? Um, Should we give our scoreline predictions? Oh, of Results, course. Yeah. predictions. Got to go with
0: a with a three-two win for Chelsea. Optimistic. Uh. Hmm.
1: Uh, probably realistic, I'll say 2-1 win Chelsea, but, uh, I don't know. Hopeful, maybe 1-1 draw.
2: Mm. Oh, well, I guess, uh, I'll be the bullish one and, uh, I go for a 2-0 United away win. Uh...
1: I think Solskjaer two, two. is due for a, a tactical masterstroke uh, on the road. At yeah, I 60. mean
2: he's 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 usually uh, you know he's usually managed to pull something out for uh, for the bigger games, um, especially away fixtures. So, fully expect that we will make it three wins out of three over <laughs> Chelsea this season. plays um, and then and. <laughs> And then, of course, uh, Chelsea qualify for the champions. So you can, we finish in seventh anyway. Um, as it's <laughs> been that kind, it's been that kind of season.
1: It's been that kind of two years.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs>
0: well, well, you know, I, I, could be the case. Um, but I think we do need a win out of this, uh, this game to really compete for that, uh, Champions League spot because you never know, maybe Manchester City get it overturned from the cast. So shouldn't be too yeah. comfortable.
1: Uh, I'm half yeah. expecting tomorrow to see that they've paid another fine to UEFA or something.
0: Mm. Well, they already made an issue of the statement where they're saying they're going to be going to the cast. So, uh, savor it while it lasts, I guess. So yeah. Um, I mean, we're only,
2: uh, we're only ahead of Wolves in ninth on goal difference, so worrying about fifth um, isn't really something we need to be doing just yet.
1: <laughs> Point taken. Yeah, Point let's, taken. Let's get to 40 points first.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one
0: likes to get relegated. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> okay. Well, then I think we can end things for today. Um It's been lovely talking to you again, uh, despite our club differences. Always great to chat with you guys.
1: Yeah, it was a pleasure, Jimmy. Thanks for uh, being flexible with your schedule and working this out.
0: I say thank you for uh, doing the short term. uh, And um, probably won't hear each other on the podcast until next season. But uh, we have been occasionally keeping in contact over... um, Twitter, so we'll just go on doing that, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I need to... When, when, I, when I rave, yeah. <laughs> I need to get in on this uh, city trend or, trend or whatever is going on now. I haven't even opened the app yeah. yet since the news broke. Well, then I wish you good fun with that.
0: Um, I think we'll just call it a wrap then. Uh, thanks again and um, for everyone who's listening... Um, we ain't got the history. We'll see each other next week. And, uh, yeah, that, that's all from me. Colin, do you want to say
2: anything? tense things?
1: Uh, yeah, Busby Babe listeners, thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time.